The Illuminati Telegraph. All right, technical difficulties fixed. What are we yes. talking about today, J Dog? So we are going to actually get into Gobekli Tepe and some of the symbolism found on the pillars, and specifically in Enclosure D. Um, so we're going to be picking up where we left off, and uh, yeah. So let's just jump in, bro. This author. So Andrew Collins, who wrote this book? Yes. Cover image. Uh, Denisovan Origins. Hybrid Humans, Gobekli Tepe, and the Genesis of the Giants of Ancient America. The beginning of the Giants of Ancient America, dude. That's a hell of a title. Let me share this. So the last couple of deep dive episodes have created some context for Gobekli Tepe and why it's special. If you haven't, go back and listen to the episode on the Levant. That one went up on Christmas. The Levant, the Middle East, and the birth of civilization, the very beginnings. Because those people that came out, basically the cave people that came back out of the earth after 1,200 years of a mini ice age, they built Jericho with the walls, which is crazy to me because I grew up in church. So to compartmentalize and understand the timeline of Jericho because the Bible and all that old stuff, it just seems like one time, but it wasn't. It was like Jericho was 9,000 years before Christ. It was the beginning. It was like the beginning of modern society, but those were the people and times that built Gobekli Tepe. Tepe. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about, you know, because I grew, also grew up in church and you hear about the walls of Jericho in church and then to think about them in this context and the astrological and cosmological implications of their construction, potentially, it's, it's kind of wild to think about. The author says that the earliest stone installations at Gobekli Tepe were most likely built as liminal interfaces forming a link between this world and the next so that shamans might easily deal with perceived threats from supernatural intruders appearing in our skies in the form of comets. So they ba he basically theorizes that, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but these... No, you're good these pillars represent shamans because we'll see some pictures where they have like arms and hands. So there's like stone representations of ancient shamans who I guess the people look to, to protect them from the catastrophe that fucking destroyed everything, which is why they, I guess went underground. I mean, where do you go when the sky is filled with ash? Yeah. Underground, I mean, right? kind of the whole hypothesis about what Gobekli Tepe is is that it was um, it corresponds to the Younger Dries event and it, it was its function was to observe basically meteor showers and the record commentary encounters so um, they had special interest in the tarred meteor stream which um, 
was the theorized stream that and kind of like the smoking gun for what would have been responsible for the younger Dryas events. So um, any type of individual uh, that that had knowledge of that and, and was able to uh, basically predict these cosmological events would have been very revered in those ancient cultures back then. Right. And I guess so much so to make these 15 to 20 metric ton giant pillars representing what they, what, what we think these, these giant T-shaped symbols represent, which is the, the shamans of the time. That's a heavy ass stone, dude. Was it 15 to 20 tons or 15 Met to 20,000 pounds? Uh, let me see. It says 15 to 20 metric tons a piece, and they stand an incredible 5.5 meters high. 15 metric tons, dude. Oh my gosh. And for us Americans. I mean, what is 15 metric tons in pounds is um, 33,069 pounds. Wow. The author claims that they are anthropomorphic in design, the pillars. They have T-shaped terminations, and I'm sharing a Google search of Enclosure D. So you can see these huge pillars, man. Um, they have T-shaped terminations representing human heads. And I guess this is his theory. Dis they display carved reliefs showing bent arms occupying the front. Let me, sh let me show Watch, Hold on. I, I found one on a website. Oh, you have... Screen sharing turned off for me. So I'm sharing the uh, picture right here in the top left. You can see that I'm turning it on for you, but you can see the. Yeah. So you see what it looks like arms that are wrap around, wrapping around to the skinny front side of the pillar. And you have these long spindly fingers that wrap around on the front of it. And then below the arms, you have what appears to be a belt with a lot of symbolism on it, which we'll get into in a second. Um, further up, yeah, let me see if I can share my screen. Oh man, it's disabled. I fixed it. Sweet. This is one from another website, kind of at a different angle. And you can see these two lines running uh, vertical up and down each side of the, the skinny side of the pillar. Oh, that's that, a good picture. That would represent basically the hems of a of a of a shirt. So yeah, that's an interesting theory because, like, that is not what I thought. But if you have an expert mind on what ancients ancient symbology was, because that was their language they carved in, and there's an understanding with that, then I guess you can take their word for it. That's a shirt. And then at the bottom, the very bottom below the belt. Uh, the belt buckle, I guess. Uh, you have what looks like a fox's pelt, the Arthur theorizes. Yeah. And that does look like a fox pelt to me. Yeah, it does. It does. And the there's fox a lot of. Has a, is an important symbolism for these ancient cultures. There's a lot of 
Yeah, there is. It is. You said what I was about to say. But those fingers on the front, man, that's the weird part. Um, let me see. It says above these on the chest of the individual. You said that. And about the fox pelt, some of their symbology includes Ukraine. Dude, why does it go to fucking full screen every time you share? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the people who made Zoom, did they not test it out and and then say, hey, you know, it's real fucking aggravating when it like I'm trying to look at something and it keeps going to full All screen. Right. It just did go. it again. I stopped it. Motherfuck. I didn't have anything to share at the moment. But get your frustration out. Like I was on a roll, had my shit and Zoom fucked me up. Explain that. I can't, bro. I didn't program Zoom. Explain how Zoom makes life easier. All right. The letter we're H. Like 1,500 miles apart and we're talking to each other on a podcast. It includes Bucrania, bovine heads, <laughs> eyes, crescents, and a glyph resembling the letter H. In addition to this, the figures on the twin central pillars and enclosure do have wide belts around their waists. Pillar 18 has additional decoration. Share that picture again. I. The slim crescents facing both left and right are arguably the 28-day lunar cycle. Like the I symbology the, they crammed. Check out square A right here. I guess that would be right there. Yeah, that's the H and then those crescents left and right. And then the belt buckle looking area, like on the skinny part of the column, is interesting, right? So I don't want to jump ahead, but we'll get into that. Yeah, because it's got these, it also talks about these H's on the front of that point to that belt buckle again. Right here. Goddamn Zoom just full screened again on me. <laughs> <clears throat> and again, third time. Uh, Fuck, man. Dylan and technology. I'm gonna. Ha I'm gonna do a montage one day. And again, of, it just full screened again. I'm just gonna do a, a quick clip of you on a, on our forty something episodes of this podcast. Yeah, just but it can't be just me, man. It's gotta be <laughs> fucking everybody who uses Zoom. Like, it's just fucking up the guy. I gotta go in here and edit this fucking part out. <laughs> It's not making life easier. It's adding uh, fucking work to what I got to do because somebody programmed in the fucking full screen. I'm getting like really fucking pissed, dude. So let's pause so I can fucking Google form how to turn off the automatic full screen shit. Like what the fuck? All right. You want, you want me to stop sharing? Yeah. Like it's like restart the fucking episode almost. No. Share screen. Full screen. Window size when screen sharing. Full screen. Maintain current size. Why is that even a fucking option? Oh, Christ, have fucking mercy, man. Like, I'm trying my fucking best to remember where the fuck I am because I can't remember, and it's, like, disappearing, and it's just fucking with me. All this work to, like, highlight and take notes and know what the fuck's going on, and Zoom is just fucking with you. It's crazy, dude. Ugh. All right. 
Sorry, dude. I got to fucking. You're good, bro. And you know, next time we load up, all these settings are not going to be saved. They go through every fucking time and click this, click that. Well, the same photo I was just sharing is in the book, too. Yeah, let me share the book picture. All right, I'm going to pick it back up right here. So I'm going to share the book picture. Yeah. Click on the click through that says plate five. Oh, oh. there's a couple click throughs. That's a good one. Hit the wrong fucking button. It's all good. See where it says plate five or plate four. Plate four is a good click through. Yeah. These crescents represent the 28-day lunar cycle. You have the this H's. represents apparently a comet. These are the hands and the arms of what is the shaman, which is the pillar. The H represents, how did he say it? Let me find it. The, the H glyphs signify two separate realms, the physical world and the invisible world, with the connecting bar between them signifying the perceived movement from one to the other. Both These guys are doing DMT. Time. Yeah, I mean, how do they even have the concept of parallel worlds? DMT. They're just these hunter-gatherers that yeah, Dude, can you believe I work with somebody who thinks they figured out astronomy because they were bored? That's what he said. It's literally what he said. I hate fucking people. And he said it like I should confidently know this. Like he's confident that he figured it out. No, he said it like I should fucking know it. Well, they did it because they're bored. They don't have anything to do. They're like just they're not doing anything. That's what he said, man. How are people so dumb? Fuck me in the dick. Some people out there. Similar H-like ideograms are seen in ancient Central American art and determine also the shape of Mayan ball courts. This is the Mayan ball court, basically like where the pyramids are, where they chopped off heads and rolled them down the stairs. Fucking the grass is a, an H. This is a good picture. You see that? It's like an H. Yeah. I see that. This is apparently Weird. a big ass. Yeah, that's crazy, right? And did you find some uh, other ideograms? And no, other? but I have a search. So this is what comes up. He looks like an H. Yeah, that's a stretch. Yeah, nothing came up. There's the FBI symbol for pedophile. But I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that's an ancient logo. I think that's some like nonprofit logo. Yeah, it's blog talk radio. Okay. Yes, I didn't. I couldn't really find much looking for ideograms of ancient Central America. What even is an ideogram? Well, I'm going to teach you something about the technology of your computers. If you right-click on the word ideogram in the book, it'll look it up. Yeah, I know. Okay. Nope. You got to highlight it first. Like. Yeah. I normally do highlight it, but you said a right click. 
Hey, you know what? Look up. Figured you would know that. A written character symbolizing the idea of a thing without indicating the sounds used to say it. Numerals and Chinese characters. So a fucking picture. If a picture is a written character. That's what a picture does. Well, like, yeah. But it's not written. Some pictures are drawn. You know what I mean? Sure, but... Okay, we're not going to get into semantics of this. But yeah, there you go. That's an ideogram. Written character symbolizing the idea of a thing without indicating the sounds used to say it. Without indicating the sounds used to say it. That's the part that was throwing me off. That's like a fancy way of saying they just didn't spell it. I guess so. On Pillar 18's front narrow edge is the belt <laughs> central feature. The central feature looks like a ball with three lines going, three spokes that jut upwards. You talking about this? Yep, that right there. Yeah. Which so, the author theorizes is a comet. And it's specifically a certain comment that the shamans of the time predicted passed by at specific intervals, thereby validating their ability, their, you know, their, their superiorness in being able to predict these types of things. They were the elites of the time, Dylan. The Illuminati, if you will. Yeah, man, that's the weird part is like this gives a really great theory of how elite power worked in ancient times. It was like the hidden knowledge of space, but the regular people didn't know, so they thought they were shamans. And it's kind of the same today, but not really. Yeah, I don't know if it's... It, so remember, it, it, just to kind of bring it back, because I, I, we definitely went off the rails there for a second, but at the time, these ancient civilizations had that catastrophobia is what they call it, which was just the fear of uh, further catastrophes based on their, you know, the, the catastrophe of the Younger Dryas event. So... Anyone who could calm that fear at the time by being able to predict these cosmological events would have been like I, like I mentioned earlier, they would have been you know the fucking kings at the time, right? Gods, maybe. just because just because they were able to, I guess, quell the fear at the time. Which, if you think about, you know, I guess it does have a parallel to today's climate environment because. If you look at how people are able to be controlled, ultimately, fear is one of the most effective weapons you can utilize. Good point. So, so do you think it was utilized if these shamans were welding? They could have been could have been good intentions. You know, I don't know. I'm just kind yeah, of maybe, riff, riffing. Maybe but. they really were like trying to help because they had the knowledge. Like if you got the knowledge and you're sharing it, you can't help it if people 
look to you like you're a god or a writer. Maybe it was nefarious. It says here that the use of so so they use the 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 foxtail to represent a comet because it was bushy. And we'll see pictures of a comet. Which looks like the tail of a comet, you know, as it passes through the, the night sky. And it says the use of the comet or blazing star in quotes device, the use of the comet device in medieval heraldry was said to be because comets were supposed to prognosticate events of things to come. Like when you Floods, see comet, droughts, yeah. uh, just terrible things that happen on earth. Turns out that's not what they do, but that's what they thought. Right. But that's what they were, were represented in these ancient cultures. Comets have always been considered harbingers of death, exuding canine, lupine, or vulpine qualities. And it is very possibly for this reason that such a striking representation of a comet is displayed on Gobekli Tepe's Pillar 18. Screen share. See picture. Figure one, one. So that is Haley's comet right here on the right, right? And you see the three kind of tails of the comet. And then now, now is this symbol that I'm moving my cursor on that looks like the comet? Do you remember if it said anything in this book about this symbol being used elsewhere? I don't recall that, at least not thus far. I'm not all the way through the book, obviously. So maybe it'll be mentioned later on, but so far it has not mentioned that. Those H's and I's next to it are really weird. Yeah, they are. Like, even if it means what he's theorizing, it means it's just like a, a connection between two worlds. The underworld, the this realm and the other realm, the invisible realm, he calls it. Yeah. So strange. Now, the next part is pretty important uh, because it kind of helps uh, lay the framework of how these shamans would have been able to garner the trust of the civilizations at the time. So he talks about how um, Spanish Jesuit priest Andres Perez de Rivas traveled through northern Mexico in 1607 through 1608 and witnessed the priests of a local tribe near the town of Para conduct uh, a ceremony. And the purpose of the ceremony was to counteract the baleful influence of a comet uh, visible in the sky at this time, which at the time was almost certainly Haley's Comet, which had made an appearance in 1607. So according to this guy's account, uh, this is his quote, the end of the comet, some of them said, was in the form of plumage. Others said it had the form of an animal's tail. For this reason, some came with feathers on their heads and others with a lion's or fox's tail, each of them mimicking the animal he represented. In the middle of the plaza, there was a great bonfire into which they threw their baskets containing dead animals along with everything in them. They did this in order to burn up the, and sacrifice these things so they, so they would rise up as smoke to the comet. As a result, the comet would have some food during the during those days and would therefore do them no harm. So, um, ancient uh, civilization across the world in a different area, uh, thousands of years later from uh, 
the building of Gobekli Tepe, uh, still celebrating these rituals to appease the gods with these comments because the, you know, the effect of their impact on earth had such a lasting effect for, for civilizations. I'm sorry. Uh, basically thousands and thousands of years later for all of civilization. Pretty crazy and, that Andre Perez de Ribas, that Jesuit priest just happened to come across a ceremony they only did every 76 years when the comet passed. Or maybe they do the ceremony every year, but it was the year the comet passed. Either way. Yep, and then we're going to get to how, I guess we can jump ahead a little bit, and basically how Haley's comet was first uh, discovered. Um, Haley comet is a short period comet. In other words, one that returns to the inner solar system every few generations. Um the reason they think that the belt buckle symbol shows Halley's Comet is because it appears in the skies approximately every 76 years. The cyclical appearance was something first determined by British astronomer Edmund Halley um, in 1705. He realized that a comet reported in 1607, the year that Derebus had witnessed the Mexican priest attempting the, to counter the bell for influences with their ceremony, was the same one seen in the skies at 1682. But thus, he predicted its return around 1758, and his calculations proved to be correct. The comet returned on cue in 1758 on Christmas Day, which is kind of crazy, even though Haley didn't, was not around to celebrate his great prediction because he had died six years earlier. So that's 16. how it... 16 years earlier, excuse me, in 1742. So pretty wild. That's how it was discovered. Um, and as we saw in that picture, when you look at it, it's, it can be seen with three tails. And then when it's clo on, close to the sun, it appears either prior to dawn or immediately after sunset. It's tail sticking vertically upward in a manner resembling the belt buckle on the Gobekli Tepe Pillar 18. So, and then the author goes on to say there's not any, there's no, nothing to say there's any link between Haley's Comet and the one that fragmented to cause the Younger Dryas impact. Only that the return of Haley's Comet would always be a constant reminder of the threat posed by comets to the well-being of the world. But I did skip over a part right there about, um, I don't know if you want to go into any of the fox bones or yeah, the, de that's the deified ancestors. So you can dive into some of that. Well, they found a bunch of fox bones at Quebec Latepe. Not only all the symbology, but actual fox bones. So they must have been, they think they've been doing rituals. Not been doing, but way back in the day when they were around. Right. Maybe similar to that Mexican priest ritual where they're burning animals in the baskets. The ones that have a tail or like a bird plumage, rep, you know, looks like the comet tail. And that also makes sense that when you look at the pillar that 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 pelt that's hanging below the belt definitely looks like a fox's tail when you you yeah also come across the evidence that they found a ton of fox bones at the at the dig site yeah and they probably carry the fox under their belt to the ceremony because you know how they hang the fox on the side of a horse right it just looks like the fox is hanging. I don't know. 
But it does look like it's hanging. It does. Klaus Schmidt rediscovered Gobekli Tepe in nineteen ninety four. Dude, they've been excavating since nineteen ninety four and they barely uncovered like what five or seven percent of it. I guess you gotta go super slow though, you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't wanna you saw those pictures they were excavating the Easter Island heads? No, I did not see that. Let me show you this. After you show me this, we have to pause and I got to go feed uh, Lily and then we'll resume if you're cool with that. Yeah. Look how fucking big, Whoa. dude. Holy shit. Try to find a better picture. But all these years, people have known. Yeah, I just thought it. it was the the head sticking out. Yeah, this whole time they've been. I wonder how old that shit really is. How did it get there? And was it buried intentionally like they believe Gobekli Tepe was? Yeah, dude. Easter Island's kind of fucking weird, right? Yeah. Really creepy. We need to do an Easter Island episode. Yeah, man. There's some underground stuff at Easter Island, too. Let's just go to Easter Island. Dude, I would love to, man. Do mushrooms on top of it. I was just thinking like... <laughs> Can you imagine a trip like you take a little bit too many and you're like, oh, fuck, and you're in this... The sun's setting, it's getting dark, and there's all these heads. Heads. You're like, oh, fuck, I got to get back. Where Where am I? Where's, where am I? Oh, my camp? God. What's, oh, where's fuck. camp? Where's camp? Oh, this, the heads are just starting to... Talk to you, and then they're starting to come out of the ground after you. And you're panicking because you're like, fuck, it's actually kind of cold. It was just warm. Like, fuck. Oh, that would suck. Yeah, and you gotta take a, and you gotta take a shit. Oh my god! Look how big it is, dude. <laughs> how did it get there? They didn't just you have carve that in place, huh? Dude, I don't know. But before you have to go to take a break right now to to feed, um. How did it get there? I my first thought is the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. How he talks about having a three prong device that sends vibrations through the air and can knock an enemy back or levitate heavy, heavy stones. That's in an ancient tablet, Thoth, the giver of wisdom. Another like parallel to these ancient gods. That's what he said. He also said that. Um, the design for the pyramid and the person who built it and how to do it are on scrolls or tablets buried under the Sphinx and they're finding like empty chambers in the pyramids and there's this whole thing about trying to get in there and see if Thoth, Thoth was right. But that's what I think of when how do they move this stuff? I'm like, man, maybe Thoth was right. When hunter gatherers with ropes, no way, no way. It's not. I wouldn't say no way, but unlikely. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because maybe a lot of those motherfuckers got together to move that and did some type of pulley system. You watch that. Uh, there's um, an episode. I think it's on. HBO Max 
I see an episode. It's a documentary about how the pyramids were built. And they show this whole ramp system, ramp pulley system with that like circles around the pyramid. Yeah. Um, go check that, go check that out. Maybe, maybe they use some type of system for that. So I wouldn't say impossible, but I'm kind of with Jimmy Corsetti on this one. Where's the video? If they know, why is it always computer animation? If they know they did it like this and it's not just a likely theory, then let's run some tests, baby. Let's get it on. Well, uh, one of the guys uh, in the documentary, he did. He was like, he was, he didn't obviously didn't build a fucking pyramid, but um, he used some of the methods to to move heavy ass stones uh, in that manner, and it worked. Really? Yeah. That was a National Geographic. No, I, I'd have to look it up. I, I'll send it to you. And he just he moved like a small amount of them. It would have taken. A lot of time for them to move these, the amount of stone in the that that they were trying to to move for this, and cutting it, yeah, and cutting it, cutting and it, still a monumental task. So, but I appreciate yeah. that they were doing experiments trying to figure it out. Yeah. All right. Let me go uh, feed her. We're gonna pause. I'll be right back. All right, man. Sorry about that. That was fast. Yeah, it only takes like 10 minutes. What, do you like wake her up and then feed her and she goes right to bed? Well, she was already asleep. So um, first I change her while she's still kind of half asleep in the crib. So I try to do that as gently as possible and not wake her up. Then I pick her up and feed her like while she's still kind of half dozed off. She's like barely awake. And then I just lay her right back down and she slips right back asleep. Wow. But she'll wake up again in the middle of the night. She falls right back asleep. Yeah, she never really wakes up. She just kind of eats while she's asleep, basically. Wow. That's crazy. <clears throat> so where we leave off, man, we were talking about uh, fox bones and then... Uh, yeah, the fox bones, because they saw the fox as a trickster. And that reminds me of that Chaos Protocols book with the with the magic. I can pull it up for you. Because from this book, where is it? By Gordon White. Uh, he was on what podcast? Uh, Greg Carlwood's Higher Side Chats. Mm. He was talking about magic. We talked about this a while back, but it's coming up here because he goes into the fox at some point and how occultically the fox was seen as a trickster. And yeah, this is rep- represented by Lucifer. Daimonic, D-A-I-M-O-N, daimonic. That's the word. I'm just looking for it in the book now. But the fox symbology representing a trickster or something coming to do harm like the catastrophe that like carries over you know comes here and then it goes over here into the occultic world the fox is a loaded symbol 
Absolutely loaded symbol is basically what I'm saying. That was here it is. Um, he was talking about fairies. What? Yeah. Fairies, angels, and the Blessed Virgin Mary are probably the best Western examples of the daimonic. Um, consider this observation from Dr. Roni Douglas in the fairy faith. He says, the daimonic is linked to our world, but not of this world, which is that H symbol, yeah. right? This is illustrated by the curious link between a person's experience with fairies and the progress of human technology. The daimonic always being different in their technology from us. They are either more advanced than us in some way, as in their ability to appear and disappear, UFOs, or less advanced, as in their medical technology. For example, the fair folk always seem to dress and have a culture from a time earlier than ours my chihuahuas are going crazy he's just giving an example of yeah, like home, homeless people nearby you so they're going oh no my wife just got home i'm just from work but yeah there's actually the homeless people moved to the other side of the main road i think i told you that yeah but like you have some living in your alleyway yeah they're actually cool i mean i don't talk to them I don't talk to them, but they don't cause any problems. That's so good. trickster right here. Figure the trickster figures have particular appeal to low status groups, uh, like aristocrats. Yada yada. This isn't really. Here it is. The feudal and church authorities distrusted merchants who were symbolized by. Um, the fox because they were tricky uh, and Reynard the fox was a trickster was their symbol so even the fox was a symbol of merchants in olden times so it's like this weird symbology from ancient like Gobekli Tepe the very beginning of modern civilization all the way into like the medieval times and merchants and aristocrats this fox and this trickster even into the cultic representing the devil and then i did a spell actually not a spell but a, a ritual from this book which i told you about too and he even warns in this book that oh excuse me that after you do the ritual you'll probably see foxes and uh i did did you see a fox i i had a migraine and i took a nap <laughs> after the after the ritual broad daylight after anything though that's not new um no i mean it's from dehydration i know why i don't just like get them but uh, i had a headache right and uh after the ritual i went in and took a nap i was like okay I, i'm done i got home from work i did the ritual it was on my mind i was like fuck it i'm gonna do it um and I took a nap and I saw in my dream three foxes running down the fence line of the big open space. No way. Yeah, no shit. Uh, running towards where I was. Like on their on like a trail, like sniffing, like running to where I had done the ritual. But I was sleeping in my apartment. It was like just the empty grass thing on the other side of the parking lot. And I went in this little tuft of trees 
um, and did it right there. And there's a, a, a fence. Really weird. I saw three foxes. Now, that could have been your subconscious fucking with you since you knew you had done the ritual. And, and I mean, no, it's super strange. That, it uh, is that pretty strange. Your, your dream, I've never but. dreamed about foxes again. It was only directly after that. No, I'm gonna, you're going to dream about foxes tonight. No, I've told you this story before. I've told not a lot of people this story, but I've told you. Um, that was the only That's time wild. ever. Yeah, and he said it in the book. He's like, you're probably going to dream about... And that's subconscious plugging, but at the same time, that's still cool that that, that worked. That's, yeah. That in and of itself is a testament to how susceptible our minds are. That's wild. Either way, I saw three foxes, and they were. it wasn't just like foxes. They were running down the fence line to where it was I did the ritual, like going after me. And then I woke up, and I was like, what the... F- fuck was that you creeped out a little bit yeah it was like 4 p.m in the afternoon and the foxes it was the same time and day as what i mean it's like 15 minutes after i finished i went right inside and just laid down it was done and then i fell asleep and i woke up like it wasn't like i was in another world and it was dark and i was at like an airport with like you know race cars all around this a weird dream it was like very specific. It wasn't even a dream. It was like I saw it because it was the same weather. It was the same day. It was the same look. It was the same place in my dream. Yeah, that shit never happens. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it was the foxes running down the fence line with like, a, I remember the type of day. It was like a gray overcast, warm kind of day. and Creepy. Just, yeah, just really weird. So that's what I think of. Um, says here typically these beings are found at the crossroads because he talks about the crossroads with Robert Johnson and the ritual where he sells a soul to the devil mm-hmm. and the trickster and all that um, so look there first at the crossroads devil at the crossroads yeah right here uh, even some aspects of Hakate fulfill this function. For instance, she is associated with the crossroads as well as Hermes. Hermes Trismegistus, which is the like the Greek version of Thoth. All this stuff is connected. It's so weird. The fact she predates the rest of the Olympian pantheon means she's not bound by the diktats of Zeus. Um, don't know where that was going, but yeah. And he goes into the devil at the crossroads. Step one is finding a quiet crossroad where you can be alone for several evenings. He says, I live in West London. The first time I performed a variant of this was uh, Parmata River. Or whatever. This is the ritual? Not the one I did. This is the devil at the crossroad ritual that Robert Johnson apparently did. You know, the legendary story of the black blues guy who sold his soul to the devil. You should try this uh, one night, this ritual. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, But look at this. Step two, on the first evening, write the following square on a piece of reasonably robust card. Remember, it can rain. Well, yeah, you're going to leave the card in a spot, and you're going to go back every night. Lucifer, you... Unanime. He writes these words, Lucifer, then under that, Unanime. Then he writes Katanif and Nononi Phenotak 
Imananu, and Reficule. If you notice Lucifer and Reficule, it's spelled backwards. Yeah. And the Unanime and Imananu spelled backwards. Katanif and spelled backwards. And then right here, up and down, is Lucifer. Now, hold on, let me. Uh... Stupid light went off in here. Uh oh, studio lights are out. Did you hey, lose power? Did a hurricane no. hit you? No, you're reading this evil spell and it turned my light off, son. Yeah, so that's like a play on the words. Uh, the spelling is reversed and all that. And then if you go up and down, it says Lucifer. And then down up, it says Lucifer. And then in the second row, going down, it says Unanime. And the second Whoa. to last row going down up, it says Unanime. So it's Whoa. like this katana. Yeah, you see how it's like weird play. Not a play on words, but just built off of Lucifer. That's kind of wild. Yeah. He says the next part is variable. On successive nights, go to the crossroads and feel. There is no need to repeat the invocation unless you determine that there is. Merely hold the intention of contact in your head. Eventually, the eventually, there will be a sensation of awareness or expectation. If it is not there, come back again the next night. I appreciate this may be non-standard procedure for those of you with some magical experience, but the goal here is to calibrate the crossroads for your reality and his. <laughs> and then he gives you something to say or have it written down. It's like Lucifer, Uyar, Chimera, and a bunch of weird names. Venite, Venite, Lucifer, Amen. At this point, speak aloud about why you are here, what you intend to get out of this arrangement, and what you are willing to offer in return. Food, alcohol, praise, artwork dedicated to the spirit, and so on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that fox symbology. Before you know it, if you're not careful, you're into black magic and like a medieval renaissance. Alistair Crowley. It's just weird yeah. how, how it connects to today. And uh, here's some good pictures of Gobekli Tepe. Uh, it says here, let me find it. We're going to get to the Vulture Stone next episode. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to go deep. Um, but it, it makes a triangle from what it said. I, I can't remember where I found this, but like the location of the enclosures make an equilateral triangle. And then it would help if I remember where I read that. But the big thing is that I believe it's enclosure D, one of those pillars faces Deneb, which is the star in Cygnus. So if you look at this figure, it looks pretty similar. Oh, I love how Zoom puts the stop share button right on top of the Safari tab so I can't use it. What a good spot for the buttons. All right. So if you notice that constellation line looks right. just like it looks just like the vulture on the vulture's done, but just turned forty five degrees counterclockwise. That does look like that. Vulture stone's gonna be a fun one. Vega, Altair, and Deneb make a triangle. One of the pillars faces Deneb, 
check this out. I'm checking it. This is like the symbols you see on the pillars mm -hmm. and what their supposed asterism Whoa. could be. Whoa. There's another eagle slash vulture. Yeah. Dog, wolf, the lopine, lupine, whatever. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, all nuts. So they think that that, like I mentioned earlier, this was used as basically an observatory for the heavens to predict the next comets, the harbingers of death and destruction. That's the name of so, our band. Yeah. So then in this part of the chapter, he talks about deified ancestors and that the monolithic human figures seen at the center of enclosure D probably represent deified ancestors, symbolic of a long line of common shamans going back to the time of the Younger Dry's impact event. So their powerful presence was a constant reminder of the terrifying events that had very nearly destroyed the world some 1,200 years beforehand and continued to have reverberations across the globe for many hundreds of years afterward. Uh, indeed, there is every reason to suspect that a further cosmic event might well have triggered the abrupt end of the mini ice age circa 9600 BCE. That's an interesting thing, is that something triggered the end of the mini ice age. Something triggered the mini ice age and triggered the end. Probably that. Yeah. And probably the, uh, if you, you know, I think Randall Carlson talked about this when he was on Rogan last time that mm -hmm. probably, uh, a secondary impact through passing through the tar and meteor stream, which at the time was a very busy intersection that the earth passed through during those time intervals. But how would another impact end the mini ice age? Uh, disrupting the weather patterns of the, um, you know, the, the polar winds basically. So evaporating the initial, these giant glaciers. The, an impact caused the twelve hundred year mini ice age. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a Well that's I'm, what we've been talking about is the younger dry's impact and the Levant and Gobek Latepe. Right. And, and it, According to what we've been talking about, asteroid impact caused the mini ice age because of all the acid acid rain, debris in the sky, fire, uh, and the dark ages, basically. And that, that was a mini ice age because there was no sun. Right. And then so you're saying like how would this have 
yeah, an impact caused it. And then according to the, what you read, it said an, an impact ended it. Read that sentence again. Indeed, there's every reason to suspect that a further cosmic event might well have triggered the abrupt end of the mini ice age circa 9600 BCE. Yeah, so it's not like the mini ice age just cleared up. That statement suggesting that some kind of event ended that mini ice age. An event caused it and then ended it. Like what would have happened that ended it? Like an asteroid hits and then all the debris clears out of the sky and the sun's back. Do you understand? What I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying, okay. but I just don't have a, a, gra a good enough grasp yeah. on that science to like even hypothesize what would have caused that. Yeah, so, and it seems like it. He I, I mean, said just it. throwing a dart at a dartboard would just be maybe you know, the initial impact would have disrupted the weather patterns and caused like a nuclear winter and plunged the earth into an ice age. And then the earth might've already been from a climate perspective, might've already been trending towards an ice age in the first place when this mini ice age occurred. And then when these impacts happened around 9,600 BCE, it would have, further disrupted the weather patterns to I guess shift like I said earlier shift the polar winds to uh, I don't know like, like you can said, pop I, your I no shoulder idea. out of socket but then you can pop it back in sure like the same I guess action. so but guess so. what was happening before the mini ice age was not and it was the Alarad interstadial which was a 2000 per year period period yeah like the, it was yeah, the, right. the ice age is forever. And then for 2000 years, it started warming and becoming like really nice. And then this impact happened and set it back into another ice age. Maybe the cosmic event he's speaking about is not a common impact. Right. It was, he's like cosmic, cosmic event, like solar flare. Sure. Something like that. Like something that made everything really hot. Right. I don't know. He doesn't specify. And when you click on the footnote, it brings you to 13, personal communication with John Burke Klusterman in 2015. That's his reference for that statement. Can you read that again? I guess it's in the book, right? Yeah, it's in the book. It's just a footnote that yeah. says like where that came from. Personal communication with John Burke Klusterman, 2015. Gotcha. Yeah, so let's uh, let's power through the last little bit of the chapter. Let's do it. Where are we at? Call me catastrophobia. Um, it is the suspicion of the present author, which is Andrew Collins and Gregory L. Little that the shamanic society responsible for Gobekli Tepe had also worked out that Halley's Comet returned every 76 years. This was powerful knowledge which could then be used to convince the local population of hunter-gatherers that their shamans had predictive knowledge of the appearance of comets. Hmm. Okay, so it's their suspicion that the shamanic yeah, that society 
that may go back Letepi also knew about Haley's Comet. Haley's Comet. Haley's Comet. Is it a stretch that because there's Comet symbology? Well, it's not because those societies have these long traditions of cell, of that ritual. So yeah, there's, and there's so to take it back a second, yeah. the reason that they they would have been, I guess, easier for these shamans to be able to predict the Haley's Comet is because Haley's Comet is a um, what they call a. Let me see. There's a specific name for that type of comet. But I guess, like, what's the direct connection? Short between... period, short period comet. So it's one that has a predictable cycle of entering into our solar system. Therefore, it's easier to easy to see on a very predictable basis. So these shamans were able to basically prove to people their superior knowledge and use this short period comet citing to to solidify their position within society essentially yeah like you mean like give rituals yeah um and you know he goes on to say in this way they had the ability to counteract the comet's baleful influence because remember comets had uh you know they caused bad events in in earth so if you could predict when they were coming then um you could have the ability to, to perform these rituals to counteract their influence on earth and thus prevent the destruction of the world. So if correct, then these elite groups of individuals managed to calm the catastrophobia that had been present among the, the population since the terrifying events of the younger dries impact. Right. And I guess it seemed like a stretch to say that because there's Fox or Comet symbology that it would be Haley's Comet that they found, but there's those rituals that have been going on for years that do you agree that the ritual is the direct connection? That's how they know that these tribes and well, I mean, the rit- you, you could see that even, th- you know, hundreds of or whatever, thousands of years after Gobekli Tepe, you still have these ancient cultures in like the 1600s performing these rituals around the same cosmic events which was the same symbolism yeah which was haley's comic with the same symbolism all these years later so it's a plausible hypothesis to think that that what's depicted on these pillars relates specifically to the to that short period comment and therefore all the fox bones and everything else found in that area relate to the types of ceremonies and rituals that were performed those thousands of years later that we have actual written accounts of right right and haley's comet is just the visual to attach the ceremony to yeah, and I and there, another reason that it's it's a good, I say good, uh, but but pretty damning evidence that it's Haley's comment that this is referring to. When you look at the the image of Haley's comment and that belt buckle, those two things look pretty damn similar, right? 
Yeah. And I imagine what you can carve out a stone when the catastrophe happened, they saw comets then and they're like, Holy, Holy mackerel. It was, it's the same thing. Right. It's the same thing. Here's my question to top off. Is there more? No, really. It just goes into talk. And we already talked about this, like how big those uh, twin pillars were. They were 15 to 20 metric tons of piece, 5.5 meters to height. They, they are the largest monoliths uncovered at the site to date. Although they have uh, some remains that are partially excavated from a different um, enclosure, basically. Um Let's see, this ring of standing stones, originally 12 in number, faces toward them twin central monoliths as if acknowledging or honoring their presence. Interesting. Hold that. Okay. Standing stones, 12 in number, faces toward the central... Is that similar to Stonehenge? Do you think Stonehenge could be some remote reconstruction of like the same system? Is it Was it 12 stones in Stonehenge? I don't know how many stones are in Stonehenge. And what we did a whole talk- episode on that. Yeah, it seems like. I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stones. Their size contrasts considerably with the T-shaped pillars seen in the enclosure's ring wall, which are all around two to three meters in height. This ring of standing stones, so it is a circle, originally twelve in number, faces toward the twin central monoliths. Have as if acknowledging or honoring their presence. Interesting. Yeah, Stonehenge is like a hundred stones. Oh, okay. But it's still a ring of stones. Yeah. Stonehenge is strange, because there's not even any hieroglyphs. They didn't even carve anything. Stonehenge, like we talked about on that old, old episode that we did on it, could have been based on like a, a a representation of the earth and the moon and the orbit of the earth and the moon. Mm, yeah. Yeah. When you do the math on all of it and ratio it out. Oh, uh, have you done that? No, but we talked about, I know about I'm just joking. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good memory though, about the earth and the moon. But my question was to top off the episode, Halley's Comet comes every 76 years and it has Halley's. Sorry, it's two L's, you know? Yeah, it's cool. But it's a pretty popular comet. I want people to know which one we're referring to. Yeah, Halley's. So if it has these tails coming off the back of it, that's because it's burning, right? Uh, No, not burning. I think that is like the debris, like the space debris that's being drugged behind it as well. Oh, okay. That's the tail of a of a comet. Okay, because I was thinking, how is this thing just burning forever? But that makes sense. It's just well, let's see. What makes the tail of a comet? The ion tail is a result of ultraviolet radiation ejecting electrons off particles in the coma. Once the particles have been ionized, they form a plasma. Oh shit! I clicked on the link and it threw me off. Did it full screen you? Nah, it doesn't oh. do that. 
As a comet approaches the inner solar system, solar radiation causes the volatile materials within the comet vaporize and stream out the nucleus, carrying dust away with them. Separate tails are formed of dust and gases, forming, uh, becoming visible through different phenomena. The dust reflects sunlight directly, and the gases glow from ionization. Most comets are too faint to be visible without the aid of a telescope, but a few each decade become bright enough to become visible to the naked eye, thus Halley's Comet. So it's just like electromagnetic ultraviolet phenomena. Yeah. Ions. Yeah. Nothing's burning. That's why we do this. Not you know, combustion. That's, that's why, yeah, not combustion. There you go. That's why we do this because learning what we don't know about what we do. Yeah, know. I don't know shit. We learn on this podcast on the go. Wow. Well, that was fun. So other than next Zoom episode, yeah. hell off. <laughs> What's I new? St- I still don't know if I should edit that out or leave it. Just leave it. It's fucking funny. Is it? To, okay. me, it, to me, it is because it just right. you, you like your tem- you have such Dude, a fucking bad I get temper. so aggravated with <laughs> yeah, but just in general, you have such a bad like I thought I had a bad I temper. I got a bad a temper, but like, terrible temper. <laughs> I think it's worse worse with technology because I don't necessarily want to be doing all the shit that I do like with computers. Like I don't like making. I make records not because. I love making records. I just want to make records for my bands so who can have records. So it's like every time something fucks with me, I'm like, I don't need this. Yeah, you snap. And like, then it, Zoom, you, it's like, why are you full screening me? What's funny to watch is that like before you even start to like get too deep into the troubleshooting, you're already at level nine or ten. Yeah. And you're about to just throw the fucking computer out the window. Yeah. Like and it's uh, like, hey dude, hey, slow down. You missed you miss this check box right here. You need to check off in the, in the setting before you start fucking condemning the company and, and uh, <laughs> saying Luciferian spells to like yeah uh, the CEO. Yeah, headless rights. Uh, what's it called? Uh, a hex. A hex on the CEO of Zoom. Yeah, on all the the customer support, like all the tech designers. Anyway. Yeah, man. Uh, I think it's funny. All right. You, that's you watch word. it and you you watch it and you let me know, but I think it's funny. I won't watch it. I'm just gonna put it up and hope <laughs> nobody even makes it to that part. You'll see me just laughing in the background while you're going off. Um do, can can we do one more small segment? What you got? Who you roasting on Twitter today? It it wasn't Twitter, it was in real life. Oh, okay. It was at the weed shop. What happened? So I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting in the waiting room and there's two people getting weed. They're about to close 30 minutes to close. Um, and they're, Oh, I forget this, this waiting room situation is like, can't have too many people in at one time or some shit. Yeah. There's no browsing. You're going in when they, call you when it's your turn like you can't just it's not like 7-eleven where you're like browsing shit that's, that's annoying looking at weed like you give them your id you wait and like dylan and then you go in like what are you looking for and then you buy it okay so sounds like a nightmare with people with for people with social anxiety um it's not i know i'm just joking but these people 
that I'm waiting on. And I have no problem waiting on people in line. You got to ask questions. You got to buy the right thing. Right. Right. But I can tell that these people are like South Crowley trash, like dumb people, low <laughs> frequency people. All right. Cause the girl is fucking nasty and she's leaning on the counter and just playing on her phone, not interacting, just can't put the phone away. You know, literally the zombie is, zombie mode. Thank you. Zombie mode. Um, and the guy like asking questions, this is the big thing. Just asking dumb questions, like fucking pick something, dude. Like use your, like not using words or full sentences. Like what kind of questions was he asking? Me some examples. I couldn't hear everything, but I, I just saw him like, what about that? Oh, you got that? Oh, oh. And then he would like take his time, not completing any sentences, not asking effective questions, just being dumb. Like not, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but like fucking dumb. And the problem is good people like us who like function in the world all the time. We have to just take it when dumb fucking people are wasting your time. Cause this is true. And now I'm being patient, right? I'm being patient because you I understand. Yeah. Maybe I've been, I've waited on people before and it turns out they bought like $300 worth of a bunch of shit. And it was like, okay, yeah, you had a bunch of questions. So I can tell that these people are dumb. They're just asking dumb questions. So she says, I'm going to need to see your ID again. No response from either one of them. They're both on their phone. <laughs> and there's signs that say no phones allowed. They don't want people doing that. They're both, and they don't respond to her. And I'm sitting here waiting. Like I've been at work since like two or three. This was Tuesday when I had that dog job and it's like nine, 10 and I just got back. My dogs are waiting and I know that's not their problem, but that's why you have respect and just, yeah, like, you do. Don't be a fucking, if you go to a weed shop, be ready. Like, yeah. Otherwise you make everyone else fucking wait. You know what you're looking for, right? A vape pen with a lot of strong stuff. Like what's the right. boom, boom, and you can buy it and you're out. So at like the 12 minute mark, I'm, I'm waiting on these people still. And they've made no progress. So I'm like fuming, dude. And <laughs> that's when I got there. I don't know how long they were there before. So she has to ask again. Because no response from either one on their phone after what's probably at least 20 minutes total of them oh in there. God. So she says, so I just need to see your ID one more time. Like she repeats herself and he doesn't say anything. He just gives her his phone and I'm watching and I'm like, I guess he's got his ID on his fucking phone, but you <laughs> show it at the front door when you come in. And if you know how this works, then, you know, like, just have it there. Don't take two minutes to find it again. 
So I don't understand what these fucking dumb fucks are doing. It's just weed. Like, get your weed. <laughs> All right. So I'm fuming because now I know for sure these people, like, they don't even acknowledge people. They're dumb. You know, they're the kind of people at the grocery store where they don't move for you and you think they will. And you wind up having to like go around them. And they just don't give a fuck. And what yeah. you should do is go, excuse me, I'm here. Do you mind? And then push their, but instead good people like us just have to fucking take it. And that's why dumb fucking people keep being dumb fucking people. Cause no one ever says nothing. All right. Right. So she says, all right, your total is 52 something. And I know all he got was one weed. He got a quarter of some weed. After all this, he got one weed. <laughs> all right. Now I'm about to 20, show you 20, 20 minutes of him to buy a quarter and a girl and their phones and all this shit. All right. I'm about to show you. I'm about to show you how easy it is to get one weed. Okay. So he pulls out his debit card. And I hear him like, listen, I got a card. Like not speaking like a person, you know, just like a fucking idiot. And she says it's cash only. And I'm thinking everybody fucking knows it's knows, cash yeah. only, you dumb fuck. Maybe he was a weed tourist. Not doesn't live in Colorado. All right. So here's what happened. He turns around and walks out. He doesn't go to the ATM right there. The girl doesn't fucking move. She keeps playing on her phone. He, he is just standing there after he walked out. Yeah, and I'm in, I'm still in the waiting room like I would be done and out and home by now. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I live close enough. I know how to buy weed. I would be home. I'm still waiting for these fucking idiots that the world would not miss if they died. That's all I'm saying. So he leaves and then it's and like this quiet and I'm waiting for the clerk to be like, sir, do you want to come in? Nothing. I'm waiting for him to be like, Oh, is Oh, I'm sorry. You want to let that guy go? I don't have my cash. Is there an ATM? You know, I'm waiting for her to get nervous. Like, Oh no. Like we're holding people up. It's like, no response from me. So the dude walked out the store though, right? He walked out the store and didn't say nothing about what he's going to do. And the clerk's like left hanging and his girlfriend's oh, just like this. Like this at the counter. Okay. And so the girlfriend's like just not saying nothing, doing nothing, just sitting there. Yeah, hey, I probably lost my shit by this point. All right. So I get up. This is where I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Like, it's not wrong for me to say something. It's wrong for them to do that. I'm only even in the scales. I yeah. like people like that shouldn't make you have to channel your best self and dig really deep when they're not even awake. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just They're sitting right here. So, fuck them. Do life. Yeah. And we got to take. So, I get up and I'm nice. I've been like, been channeling and I'm like yeah like all right like let's not be mad but let's say so I get up and I'm like um 
I know what I want and I have cash. Could I come in? She's like, yeah, come on. So I walk in. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to take forever. This isn't my first time. I'm not a rookie. You said that? Yeah. And the girl behind the counter like is wearing her mask and I can tell she's smiling really big because her eyes. And now I'm shaking because I'm like, oh, I'm fucking doing it. I'm not taking it. <laughs> and when I give her shit. Yeah. When I give her the cash, like my hand is shaking. I'm shaking right now because I'm like, fuck these dumb people. So the girl says she does like this. She goes with her mask and her fucking nasty, trashy self. She goes, that was rude as fuck, bro. And I immediately said, no, it's rude as fuck. I'm waiting forever. And y'all ain't even got no cash. (laughs) And she said nothing. She just went back to her phone. She got two phones. She's on two phones. And they haven't kicked this bitch out of the weed shop at this point. No, man. But she's not buying anything. She's just sitting there on a phone. Two phones. She got money for two phones, but no cash for the weed. And he doesn't have any fucking clue how this works. So so does he ever come back in? Like, what? how's this story end? Do you just leave with the weed? So... In no time, dude, I asked the questions about what the weed is on sale, ba ba ba. I even smell it. Give me a quarter. She weighs it out. I get my change. I even tip an extra five. She's really happy, still smiling. I'm happy. All that negative energy is off of me and it's back on that bitch. You know what I'm saying? That's all it's about. Like, you fucking keep this negative energy, you trashy shit person. So I leave and when I'm walking out, he's walking back in. So like in all that time I waited, basically told her to go fuck herself, got my weed and made it home probably before he even got his bag. So if you'd have just sat there and done nothing and just sat in the waiting lobby, you'd have waited there probably another 10 minutes. At least 15 minutes. It would have been like 30 minutes. Breathing stupid motherfucker. Yeah. To figure out how to get cash to pay for $50 worth of weed. Yeah. Well, just one weed order, like a quarter of one. It took what a that- piece of shit. Yeah. Like it's not fucking hard to just people. dumb people like out there in the world. Like um, I see it every day at work. Trust me. I bet you do, man. I see it every day. I bet you day. do. Dumb people. And then the dumb drivers around here. That's the oh worst. Oh my God, dude. The drivers are terrible. Like pull out yeah. in front of you and not accelerate. Cut yeah, you oh, off. Yeah, or, and then like when you honk, they flip you off. Like yeah. one no, girl. That, that happened to me this morning. I'm driving to work. This fucking asshole on a, you know, no, like it's slow. I'm on a country road, right? There's no one behind me. No in front of me, this fucking dipshit pulls out to where I have to basically slam my brakes on and just fucking barely accelerates. And then goes maybe a quarter of a mile and makes a left. So, like, you couldn't have fucking waited for me to pass. You have to, like, pull out in front of me to where I have to slam my brakes on to go a quarter of a mile. Like, that's you just, that's someone, like, going through life like, I don't give a fuck about anybody. I'm just going to fucking... Go and you gotta live around me. Suck yeah. my dick. 
that, that that's people's at some people's attitudes like all right this is not how you interface with society you need to check the fuck out this is yeah and that's like, what those people were doing in the weed store they don't want to interface with society yeah and like what frustrated me so bad was that like my dogs are waiting i'm late and like they're impacting my life because they're fucking dumb there was a smart person asking questions, buying a bunch of weed. All right. But anyway, I unnecessarily destroyed someone in person. And it well, felt good, man. The moral of the story is afterwards, there was no holding on to it, feelings. trying to like fucking let it go, like fucking let it go, man. Just fucking let it go. It's over. Like it was gone. I didn't feel nothing. I was like, yes, let's go to the grocery store and see if someone else fucks with me again. I love it, bro. Yeah, Dude, this is this awesome. is a nice theme of the podcast lately. You know, on on the, I guess the Monday podcast, the the article podcast, you just dunk on people on Twitter, <laughs> and then on Wednesday you give me a real life story about. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Thursday. I guess it's Thursday this week, but yeah. you give me a real life story about how you uh, had confrontation and felt good about it afterwards. Yeah, I just don't think good people should have to take it. You know, say something. When people, I agree, bro. Like, hey, do you see me here, buddy? And then they look at you like they can't believe you said something to them. Like, hey, I'm right here. Fucko. People operating on a different plane of reality than us. I don't get it. I don't get it. Me either. Like, I really don't get in consideration. Yeah, that's the perfect word. Like everything I do is in, in consideration of other people. Like who am I? Dude, there's times. Dude, there's times I buy something I know I don't want because there's people waiting on me. I'm like, that's yeah, that's good. All right, thirteen fifty. I'm like, fuck, thirteen fifty for a chicken sandwich. Let's just do it. Let's go with it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm not. I don't hold you up any longer. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not holding it. this I, I line. Know, up I know exactly what you mean. Because I'm gonna sit here and ask about. Oh wait, what about the pesto? Like, nah, man. It's lunch. Like, just give me the. Let's I, go. We're all busy. The people behind me are busy. You're busy because <laughs> yeah. you got people behind me waiting busy. Let's just make this shit happen. Can you imagine just standing there on two phones like this, and then you're like, when it like. Here's a good example. It's the last example, but this happens all the time when people are in line, they're asking a million questions and then finally they give them the total and they, they do like this. They're like, it's like this whole fucking time. You still don't even know where your payment method is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like what else are you doing in line other than getting ready? That's what I'm doing. I'm like, where's my fucking debit or card? You, or you ever like check out behind some really slow at a grocery store and that gets a bunch of shit. And then like when they're done paying for everything, they still take forever to like put their debit card or a checkbook back in their fucking wallet or their purse and then get their groceries off. And you're like, you just waiting, like kind of yeah. like almost like want to like run up on them. So you can like start putting your shit down, just check out. Cause you have like four things you're like, uh, and they're just they're just taking yeah. forever, like grabbing their bags, like turning things. Do I have anything left? And then they fucking slowly get the fuck out. The I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm gonna kick you, you fucking old. Yeah, fuck. get out I'm, of the way, you inconsiderate piece of shit. If that was me, I would like take my arm and just sweep all my groceries to the end, 
and then probably bag their groceries while doing mine just so I don't like inconvenience them. Like, no, you're good to go. You're taken care of. Like, wow, thank you, stranger. I wasn't in your way. I wasn't in your way, was I? Still taking care of my ship. Fuck people. Anyway. Fuck people. (laughs) Anyway, man. Good uh good talking to you. Um we're gonna do another deep dive next week. I guess we'll do the flight of the vulture and we'll get into the vulture stone. Yeah, I think that one's gonna go pretty deep. So if you want to do an article one in between now and then or yeah, we could probably do a, a little article one here or there. Um and I got another long form article on a Gobekli Tepe artifact. Okay, sweet. So we can do the vulture stone. I got some articles I've saved. Um, yeah, we can probably let's. We should probably just go right into the vault. Now nah, we should do article and then vulture stone, but not rush it because we got two episodes this week. Yeah, and I'm gonna segment off episode 27. It's on my to do list on my board, so I can do that. So All right. should, yeah, let's do the articles on like Wednesday and then Vulture Stone the week after. Okay. Yeah. Vulture Stone's a short, short chapter, but uh yeah, I'm down with that. Well, I'm gonna send you this Martin Sweatman video series, and that's where it gets balls deep. Okay. So I'll send you that right now and we can have two weeks to let's do go, it. Go balls deep with Martin Sweatman. Martin sweat these balls. Yeah. All right. If anybody's still listening, thanks for listening. Man, no shit. If you made it this far, you're yeah. If you, if you made it through my fucking uh, anger fit at Zoom, <laughs> that's the goal of the podcast, right there. Okay, I'm glad you think so. I'm glad you. Uh, so. I'm sorry. I just it's funny, bro. Just watching you like lose your temper over little shit. Dude, you should have seen it on my end because I was trying. I'm trying to like remember the info. So, oh, your brain, was, your brain was short circuiting. It was short circuiting because I know I saw it. In your I face. was pulling my book up, and then it would Switch full back screen to my full screen to where so I was at. Exit yeah. full, and it it did, it would do like three to four times. And I'm like, I'm starting to like panic because like, dude, I gotta fucking at least know what to talk about next so no because it's live we're going anyway yeah, we're just we're doing it live fuck it that was what was frustrating because when i need it the most the technology's fucking me. yeah I know. I know i still think it's funny it is funny it is funny all right man all right man so, next week. Later. later bye